Welcome to the Serpent Soul Podcast, where we explore our identity before God and our relationship with God. I'm your host, Kenneth Grady, and I pray that we will be fed by the Word of God, led by the Spirit of God, and living with passion for the will of God. And in so doing, may we raise each other up as we lay ourselves down before the Lord. This is the Servant Soul Podcast. So today we're going to talk about a common problem that we see, especially with young people in church. And what I'm talking about is how it seems so often that people sprout up in the faith, especially, like I said, as children uh, from Sunday school and they grow up in maybe a family of faith or even come into the church at a young age and they really grab onto the gospel. And like I said, they sprout and they bloom and then something happens and they just kind of wither away. And we we see this a lot. I mean, in, in some ways, I think we just kind of expect it and we think that you know, people are going to go through teenage years and they'll fall away, but well, they'll come back, you know, and, and a lot of times maybe they do, but a lot of times I, I think they don't. Um, the, the scripture does say that, you know, if you raise your child up in the ways of the Lord, that when they're old, they won't depart from them. But there's also sort of a falling short, I think, in the church of how we are, are feeding into young people. And so I kind of wanted to wrestle with that question today about why are so many young people losing the faith? Um, and I think a lot of young people, at least one thing I've struggled with as I was, you know, coming of age and still sometimes wrestle with even is this feeling that, you know, I've been there, done that. It didn't work. Uh, meaning that, you know, we have all these promises in the Bible, things that we learn, uh, from the Bible stories and through the verses that we're, taught to study and memorize. And, you know, when we're, we're just starting in faith, you really grab onto these things. And sometimes you run into this opposition and it just, we fall short and it just crushes us. And I really think, like I said, the problem sometimes begins even in Sunday school. And it is sometimes even worse, I think, for the Sunday school grads, because as a young person growing up in the church, um, we, we have this idea that we have the survival skills that we need. You know, we, we've got, you know, you know, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And, and we, we step out in the world as young people thinking that, you know, if I have enough faith and I understand the scriptures, that I'm going to overcome everything that comes my way. And then we come up against a Goliath. And, you know, we know our verses, we're ready to go. And we're like, I got this. And we swing our stone and we throw it and just, it just kind of tinks off the helmet and falls to the ground and we get smashed. And we think, whoa, like what happened? You know, the Bible says David defeated Goliath, you know, and here I was, I, I was trusting that I believe what I've read and, you know, I've got this stuff memorized and I'm quoting it and I'm striving and still I, I face so much defeat. And, we start thinking, you know, like, was my rock not big enough? I mean, did I do it wrong? Uh, you know, why is it that I'm falling short? And it, we get so frustrated that, you know, nobody told me that I would fail. And when we talk to a lot of spiritual leaders, it's kind of like, well, just just read more, keep reading the Bible, do more, pray more. You know, you just got to get in. And then as if, you know, as soon as we become fully spiritualized, 
that we're not going to run in this opposition that we won't defeat anymore, that, that we're just need to do more and then we can overcome all these obstacles. And there is truth in that. But at the same time, that doesn't answer the hurting heart of a, of a young believer or a new believer who is staring in the face of failure thinking, wow, it's just because I'm terrible at this. And so we really begin to wrestle, I believe, with, with, with three possibilities. And that is, first of all, you know, that, that God is a lie. You know, the Bible says that if I do these things, I'll get these results. And to the best of my knowledge, I'm striving to do those things and I'm not getting those results. So either A, God is a lie, or or two, or B, <laughs> God is real but won't help. And man, that's a painful one, you know, because we see the testimony of others and the, the way they share about how God's working in their life. And you're like, but I'm trying that and it's not working. And so... Yes, we, we're still holding on to God and like, God, I believe, help my unbelief, but we're still not overcoming. And, and then the third possibility is that God is doing something that I don't understand yet. So I want to turn to Ephesians chapter two and, and take a look at what the word says about this problem. And starting in verse four, it says, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might shew the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. And so what we see in this passage is that, you know, whenever we begin to come up against the struggle of sin uh, in our lives, it's not necessarily that we are beginning to die. Like, you know, I've been this, you know, innocent child and I knew about God and I grew up knowing the knowledge of Christ. And now like, look what's happening to me. I'm, I'm just, I'm failing. I'm falling apart I'm backsliding. I'm dying. And, and that's possible. But for a lot of young people, it's not that you are beginning to die. It's that you're realizing you're dead. Verses four through five says, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved. So, you see, we are born in sin, and it takes time to understand that. And so, as we are growing and we begin to become aware of the fact of this death in our spirit, the realization of that death isn't God saying goodbye, it's him saying hello. And, and one thing, and I had wonderful Sunday school teachers, so don't take this as a criticizement, but one thing I really wish I would have had driven home to me as I was growing up was that you are going to fail miserably. You are. You are going to blow it. And you know, sometimes it just takes a giant of a sin to show you that you can't do it on your own because death comes before the resurrection. God knew you would fail, but now you know it too. And, and that's the thing. See, so surviving this problem isn't about, you know, just all this doing more and I'm just fell, failing and I'm falling apart and all this stuff that you have to do. It's becoming aware of the fact that, wow, this is why I need God. You know, nobody grows up in the church and just, 
you know, osmosis absorbs into the, the, the understanding, a uh, uh, full understanding of Christ's sacrifice on the cross and the salvation, the redemption from our sins, you know, that gift that he gives and that we are given to accept that gift of life is something that we have to become aware of how we have fallen short before we, we are redeemed. And that's like I said, you know, death comes before resurrection. So in verses eight and nine, it says, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And so God will bring us to a place where we recognize that need, that we can't do it alone. And you see, we are worth forgiveness. We're not, we don't deserve forgiveness, but in God's eyes, we are worth forgiveness. It says that in verse 10, in the first part, that we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. That means you know, God has crafted us. He, we are a masterpiece in his eyes. And we are so desired by him that he was willing to pay that price. And in the verse 10, in the second part, it says that, you know, it basically tells us we're going to do awesome things. That, that as it said before, that we were created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. He has amazing things for us to do. Yes, there are Goliaths out there that God has put in place for us to be victorious over. He has given things in our life that will be beautiful signs of his grace and his power. But before we get to the place in our life where God is using us in, in a powerful way to be overcoming and to be victorious, he's going to bring us to a place of confessing our sins, of confessing our humanity and our fallenness. And so whenever we look at our sinful hearts, you know, it, it does no good to, to, to tell God that I can't get back to where I was you know, we using all we're using all of our energy to just throw the pebbles. You know, and it's thinking that you know, look at me, God. I mean, I'm not an innocent child, and look at all the things I've done. I can't go back. You know, I keep trying, but I'm not succeeding. I'm not. You know, I keep telling myself I'm not going to do this again. I'm not going to. I'm not going to fall short in these ways, and it and it happens. And so the 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 point is not for us to use all of our energy, you know, carnally to just overcome by willpower and, and, and become something that we will never be on our own. We will never be innocent again, ever. I'm going to say that again. We will never be innocent again. Never. God doesn't offer innocence. He offers forgiveness. So as we're growing and we become aware of that sin, God is bringing us to that place that we can recognize what he's done for what it is. And, and so in conclusion, as I said, as we begin to wrestle with the, the pain and the fallenness that we do see in our life, you know, which possibility are we going to cling on to? Is it that God is a lie? And all of this is just a bunch of nonsense? Like I said, I have been there. I tried that. It didn't work. Is it that, that God is real, but he just isn't going to help? Or is it that God is revealing the truth about you so that he can reveal the truth about him? God doesn't want us to just intellectually believe that we need him. He wants us to understand it. In Romans chapter 8, the word tells us, But God commendeth his love toward us, in that, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. Thanks for listening. And until next time, may we grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Amen.